Hello and welcome to another episode of the Solve to Evolve podcast. The purpose of our podcast is to give you, the viewers, the investors, business owners, insights into what's happening in Australia today. And so I've got Jono with me, minus Bloxy. How are you today, Jono? Good, thanks, Phil. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad myself. And so it's a new season for us. We're at a new location and to change it up a little bit, we're bringing on guests onto our podcast who have a wealth of experience and knowledge in their specific business and industry and picking their brain so that they can share that to our viewers. Today, our first guest on this new season, we have a partner at Pounce Digital Marketing Agency. He's also a published and co-author of an Amazon bestseller, Make AI Happen for Business Executives. His name is Rax Mathur. Welcome, Rax. How are you? Thanks. I am good. Thank you. I said thanks before I said good. Thank you. I'm, well, I'm doing well. How about you guys? Good. Good to have you, Rax. Thank you. Thank you for Better now that you are here. So mm. to get straight into it, can you tell our viewers a little bit about yourself, but also about Pounce Digital Marketing Agency? So look, I, I came to this country when I was 10, right? So I came here without speaking a lick of English and sounding like, you know, fresh off the boat as as we would understand. That's pretty good deal now. And I grew up in the Western Sydney in a suburb called Blacktown. And, you know, one of the things around going up in Blacktown was you had to assimilate real quick. There's a point to why I bring that up because through my different phases in my growth, like I was always having to understand what was around me to learn, right? Because I was never felt like I was fitting in for the most part of my teen years or even growing up into my tween years. When you're coming from a ethnic background and you're coming from an Indian background, right? Like you are like either a doctor or a lawyer or a scientist or a IT person. Right? You, you failed. Yep. You know, <laughs> I failed. Because I said to my dad, dad, I want to be a drummer. He's like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, you can do all the drumming you want after you do your graduation, like after you get a degree in programming or yeah. something related with logic. Doctor. So I did that. And then as all Indian parents do, they moved the gold mark. And then they said, get your master's. And after that, you can do anything you want. So I did. So I got my master's <laughs> in arts and entertainment management, which is effectively yeah. an MBA. And then once I did that, I got my first foray into creativity when I started, like I was working with artists in record labels. I had done an internship at Sony Music. And then eventually I got a job at Sony Music. So my career saw me change and chop and change from a logical brain to a very creative brain, mm. like learning how to play the drums, going and playing, gigging, touring, to figuring out system integrations, doing uh, logical based um, algorithmic development, discrete mathematics and all that kind of stuff. So there was like mm -hmm. this dichotomy of a brain that was forming. And I suppose over time I developed a bunch of businesses, they failed, but the reason that happened was it was still a learning curve racks. Like I was still learning how to do a bunch of stuff. And about 2016 was, came the biggest crash, right? 2016 broke as all hell. I shut down my recording studio record label. And then I realized one thing I've done all of this learning. Now it's time to apply. Mm -hmm. So with only like, there was literally negative $60 cash and a $120,000 debt. I went to the States. And in, when I went to the States, I said, look, for all you United States listeners and people who love the U.S., I'm sorry. But I thought to myself, the, the people in the U.S. are really stupid. So why don't I go there and make some money? <laughs> so in three weeks, I made $150,000 by going and talking about social selling and about social media marketing and all that kind of stuff, going to New York, Miami, San Diego, L.A. And I did the whole tour, and then I came back. 
paid off the debt, and I said, reset. And got myself a job. Yeah, well done. You know, and that's kind of mm. where I, I then met Sim. So yep. I'd done a whole bunch of work in different agencies at this stage. We'd done a ton of work in government, ton of work in system integrators and IT marketing agencies. So I met <laughs> Sim in 2017. And when I met her, I gone, this chick's pretty smart. She knows what's going on, right? <laughs> Invariably, I ended up marrying her. So she got a free resource for a while. Yep. But effectively, yeah, she's smart. If yep. I was smart, she's smarter. Yeah. She's like, I'll put that on lock. Don't worry. <laughs> effectively, when she started Pounds, she started to make IT sexy, right? That's her motto. Yeah. I wanted to make mm -hmm. IT sexy is what she kept saying. And I'm saying, IT was never sexy. But I've got Rex right here. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I'm sexy IT. I bring it back. No, but then... You know, like I've always had a vision to equip people with the tools to express themselves creatively. That's mm. my tombstone. And so I decided, okay, why don't we merge our superpowers together? You're street smart. You understand client language. I understand technology. I understand delivery and other cross work across multiple industries. So why don't we bring that together to form what, what was known as Pounce? And so six and a half years in, uh, later, we're in Malaysia. We're here. We're doing, we've been working on a bunch of stuff in deep tech for a long time so the, the, this whole notion of ai and ml and automation was not new it was just a paradigm shift and so when we approached when it approached mainstream it was just like let's just call some contacts and everyone's talking shit about it mm -hmm. like honest to goodness shallow level why don't we bring deep enterprise experience and knowledge and actually tell people the truth on how we implement this stuff i suppose that's a bit of a background about us so i guess to summarize Pounce really uses or leverages technology to then deliver marketing services. Is there a, is that the way? So we started, look, it's a risky business, right? Implementation of AI for creativity. That's the title of the next book anyway, but implementing creative creativity brings with it its own challenges around personalities, around creative people. Creative people feel threatened. Invariably they're insecure because of the, it's their personal works that they're putting out to the world. So as an agency, we have to be sensitive to creative people. As a businessman, I don't have to be a damn thing except for money-minded, right? Mm -hmm. So in between those two, we have to meet where we use artificial intelligence applications for optimizations of otherwise mundane tasks, research, mm -hmm. reviews, reports. Mm -hmm. We use it for idea generation, but we still have human intervention and human ideas to be able to spark it. In fact, even with copy and content, <clears throat> we could use it to build out the topic roster right? Mm. But we definitely don't use it to even write synopsis just yet. Yeah, it makes yep. sense. So what we do use it for is what we're about to really use it for heavily is cloning my voice, right? And really making sure that the writers can record podcasts and all that kind of stuff, but they've got my voice intact so that we can make commodities of my voice, yep. right? Wow. And so that deep fake stuff is still stuff that we've been testing. We haven't really productionalized yep. it because... Obviously, it's my voice. I don't want them asking for my, like, giving credit card details on the voice, you know, and it was any, that stuff is dangerous, <laughs> folks. Yeah. But it's real. Like, I, I posted recently on LinkedIn around, you know, it's amazing. Technology is amazing, but it's freaking dangerous, mm -hmm. too, if it's not used properly. The deep face talk about taking a kid's photo and making them older and using them as a passport photo. Identity theft is yep. rampant now, and we need to be 100% aware of what's going on in this space. Mm -hmm. And to that point, Rax, what are some of the the safeguards that you think business owners need to put in place yeah. to, to prevent things like you know, privacy risks and things like that. So my biggest advice for any business owner that's implementing any form of AI is read the terms and conditions for the application that you're using. It's number one. Mm -hmm. You'd be surprised you what you don't own. 
when you start reading mm-hmm. terms and conditions. All the lawyers in the room will tell you that. And, you know, but for example, I'm going to actually speak out a terms and conditions clause that I read yesterday that I'm going to tell you the company name. All right. Mm-hmm. And the, the clause explicitly states for any works created using the free beta of our artificial in- intelligence tool, any works for the perpetuity of the works for the lifetime of the works will belong to us irrevocably across all regions for all lifetimes. All yeah. lifetimes. Yeah. Adobe. <laughs> wow. That's Adobe. That- now remember, Adobe's just spent $20 billion on Figma, which is the biggest tool for creativity. Yep. Adobe has Express, which it is touting as its AI tool for generative artwork. Hey, by the way, do we know how to sign up for the paid version of Adobe? Where do you sign up first? The free version? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? right? So they're capturing you. That's the gateway. And that's the gateway. They'll use it. And But the thing is, if someone hacks Adobe, there is no claim that you have. Like, what? So you have to be super, super careful. Yeah, it's pretty dangerous where we're heading. But I guess the other, when you think about it, most creatives and most people, most everyday users probably will use Adobe or another competitor that's probably got the same type of clause or term in there, yeah. you know, in the contract. So I guess... How you get around it. Yeah. Mm, that's good. That's a really good question. So look, there's some really mature projects out there that are going to safeguard the creator. And some of them are like the big brands. So Microsoft, that's a big brand. YouTube and Google, that's a big brand. They have API options to not store. Because remember how AI works is it only remembers half the word and then it creates. Mm-hmm. And so if you send that information via API back to the uh, Microsoft servers, then it keeps it. Otherwise, if you say no, then no. So soon it'll say, it'll give you GUI options, which means graphical user interface options to turn it off manually. Uh, the big boys. So Adobe will enable that soon, but Adobe will jack up the subscription prices, right? So that you pay and it will delineate that because you're paying for it, you own your works. So mm. freemium is going to become more dangerous than pay. Yeah. And then having, you know, having the ability to get through that boring part, at least read the basic term, you know. But the fine print is so small, Rex, and it's 100 pages. I don't want to read it. <laughs> no, don't read it then. then all we <laughs> do is copy and paste it into ChatGPT. Honestly, like it, the stuff that's coming out now, it's too heavy for not to be us aware of our rights. Yeah, and look, I think it's it's the society we live in right now. It's we just click, click, click just to get to the end result, right? So that's next. Okay, so to summarize, what clauses should business owners and you know everyday users be looking out for? Yep. So the clauses specifically around rights and usage, there are specific multiple paragraphs of surviving rights as well. So there's usage rights, then there's surviving rights. What happens after the usage is finished, and all of that kind of those kind of terms really, really are important. So if you read the toss, like, so the whole terms of service is not as important as long as you can find usage and, you know, ownership or anything to do with intellectual property okay. and assignment, mm-hmm. right? Usage, assignment, intellectual property, those are the buzzwords you yeah. are looking out for. That's great. excellent. Yep. Okay. Well, look, moving on, we just wanted to touch on make AI happen. Yeah. Mm. So can you tell us in a few words, Rex, might be a bit hard, but <laughs> what is this book about? It's inception. Okay. That's a few words. Thank you. <laughs> so make AI happen, uh, a guide for business. So there's two angles that Nick actually is a good friend and the co-author. So g- give you a b- bit of background on Nick. Nick is the software solutions architect for Zero, 
right? So he designed the application. He did <laughs> he did the technical design for Zero, and before that, he worked directly with Bill Gates on Windows Silver. So wow. he was in he was at Microsoft, and so he's he's a heavy hitter in the IT industry. Yeah. Obviously, came from the, the Channel Islands, you know. Is a funny, geeky, love that blog, right? Mm -hmm. So he was, he wrote the original AI for education, right? And him and I were talking and he was like, he goes, I did it for shits and giggles over a weekend at, at a pub. And I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and, and then he goes, and that became a bestseller. And I'm like, how long? He's like, four days. I'm like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, look. And I was like, okay. And then we started talking about it. I don't know about writing a book. And like, what am I going to add to it? Like, you all these doubts and stuff. I'm like, anyway, Sin was like, just do it. Just write a book. Mm. And so we said, okay, why don't we take edition one, AI and education and AI and business, and merge a creativity and pragmatic project management approach to implementing this thing. And so we said, okay, let's do an event. We'll do a book. And so we did a book. And the book was 60% done via AI. Created on AI about AI for an AI event with at least only 40% human intervention. And that's that book. Inception. Inception. And it went um, bestseller in, I think it was three days, three days. And here's the truth, guys. Bestseller in Australia in uh, enterprise apps means you can buy 50 copies of the book yourself and you can become <laughs> a bestseller. But uh, funnily enough, we had, we had a, a decent amount of sales from all of Australia and some from India that got blocked. Because Amazon Kindle doesn't allow books in India. So we now have a second edition just for India releasing out there because a lot of my, mm. obviously my family is from there mm. and there's a whole, whole tour being discussed over there. So that's, that's the book in a nutshell. The biggest part of that book is now from Turbo 4.5, which is Microsoft's latest version of ChatGPT paid version. This book and most of the AI prompts become a little bit obsolete. So there is another edition that we've got to write. Pretty much well, they AI has to write. It. <laughs> you got to answer the prompts. We got to end yes, the prompts. I mean, it's it's a little bit more because to break down the how this system works. So there's prompts, right? Mm -hmm. So we designed the prompts, then it generated a bunch of responses. We then took that as code into Microsoft Visual Studio Code Editor, and then we created an application framework around making that into a document. Mm -hmm. So the whole thing was built on tech as a pretty much a platform. Right. And so from a content editing perspective, I still had to go in, edit content, not write code. Nick and I were working on a bit of code, but Sim really edited my part because my grammar is horrible. <laughs> and when I was I was writing in the like the manuscripts. Yeah. I was writing free form writing, right? And I'm writing oh, yeah. and then Sim's like, My God, this is after the generation of the content. This is me overriding human intervention. And then Sim going let me just edit your garbage so that people can understand it. <laughs> so really, Sim's name should be there. Sim's name, Sim's name yeah. should be there. Shout out to Sim, Sim and Core. Yeah. has a gun. She pays me. All right. That's, mm. that's great. So obviously, the next book or version two yep. will make AI happen. 2.0 is going to be coming out very soon. Mm. Yeah, look, I think Creative and AI comes out in January. And then Come. edition two of this comes out in March. Yeah, because we're we're allowing for a lot more stability before we launch another book because obviously we don't want it to change in three months yep. of it being launched. Yeah, yeah, which is not ideal because mm. there was a of the price point. The way that Amazon works is it jacks up the price point, so you can only override so much. Mm. So because it's distributed through you know through Amazon, it's a little bit trickier. In hindsight, I wouldn't have done Amazon. I would have gone self independent publishing mm. if I didn't really want to do it. And that's what I think that 
next next book will be independently published. Right. So, can you give us some examples of how small business owners out there can actually utilize AI, more specifically ChatGPT? Should they be looking at three point five or you know four point five the plus version? Three point five or the free version is a good primer if you just kind of dip your toes. Right, like you can do social media posts, you can do lists, you can get it to summarize, spell check, but you're still heading into a separate application. Emails were letters. What is it that yeah. is, right? The meaty stuff is all there. Plugins, bots, you can build your own bots, data analysis, you know, refinement of images, sourcing and creating images. That's all sitting in 4.5 or 4. It's 4 and 4.5 are much, much, much the same. The only ma- massive difference between version 4 and 4.5 is that 4.5 has more tokens. Means the dangerous piece now, and this is straight to camera, is it can do long form articles. So before it used to be able to do up to like 200 words and then you'd have to construct stuff. Now they've doubled the token length. So it can do up to 500 words, 600 words. All right. Which is dangerous, right? Yeah. Because what you can do is write entire website pages entire mm-hmm. long form articles off the back of a little bit of joining rather than having to spend so much time prompt engineering, fixing, mm. writing, editing, proofreading. It's crazy. The other part about 4.5 is the plugin. So one of the plugins that comes natively, and by native I mean as a part of the product, ChatGPT, is called Code Interpreter. Now Code Interpreter allows me to upload any Excel file, let's call it raw financial sales data for the last 12 months, mm-hmm. right? And then analyzes all that data. And then you ask questions of that data to chat GPT and it'll give mm-hmm. you the answers. So it can either give them, it can either give them to you in words or mm-hmm. then you can say, hey, create a pie chart for me. And it uses code, specifically Python, mm-hmm. to then create a graph for you. And then you can say, export that into a annual sales report. No, that's mm-hmm. crazy. Wow. It's insane. You don't get accountants anymore. <laughs> you, you will, right? Like, let's use a real-time example. I got a bunch of numbers sent from you. Mm. I looked at those numbers and said, cool, I could spend time understanding this. But I said to ChatGPT, analyze these figures and tell me if this is a good deal. And I said, well, the good deal is a very subjective term. You need to speak to financial people to be able to understand if this is a good deal. But yep. there was core information about... Yep queries of that data. Now that data that we're speaking about specifically for you listeners is and viewers is very short form. There's about only 22 records. The more data you give it, the more it can crunch, the more output you can give it. For example, last five years sales, find the outlier months. What was the product that was correlated to the spike in sales? Bang. Yeah, well. Minutes, not minutes, seconds. So data scientists, yeah, sorry. Your jobs are a little bit in the line on the nose there. But at the same time, now let's look at a bit broader. Let's say, hey, research the internet for the mining industry in the last five years and its sales movement. And it does that today. It never did that in 3.5. Never did that in 3. It goes out of the chat instance and it learns from what's active live on the internet. So the, the stuff is so powerful. Mm. That if you use it well, it reduces your time by hours and hours. Essentially, it's no longer learning on the data that had been put into it up to a certain point. It's now learning from real time data. And you can visualize that in in other applications. Correct. 
you're not and, just stuck in that chat. And then if you still use things like Zapier or Make or Integromat or whatever those, you know, those plugging tools, mm. you can then send that information to CRM. You can then send that information to email. So let's say, hey, cold contact 50 of my prospects and you build that script in ChatGPT and then connects to your email, sends it to them on autopilot. If there's a business owner really looking to, I guess, invest in AI and ChatGPT 4.5 specifically, really you could change the whole business yeah. from yeah. front or from, you know, sales, marketing, administrative, financial side of things. Yeah. Is, that, is that what you're saying? Uh, exactly what I'm saying. But what my warning to business owners, don't try to tackle the elephant all in one go. Always have one use case where you're trying to solve a problem first. Mm. Bite, it, bite the elephant down into small chunks. Figure out where you want to save the most amount of time. Is it marketing? Is it sales analysis? Yep. Is it what? Whatever that case is, and what it, what is that metric that you're trying to actually make the time more efficient? You know, I'm looking at seventy thousand different emails a day. Can this thing help me summarize everything so I can read it in five minutes? Mm. Yes, it can. That can be a pain point, right? It's not as as deep as like analyzing financial data, but yep. understand your core pain point and the metric you want to solve. Put some parameters around it, then comes the tool. Mm. Yep. And so for the viewers out there, if you are, if you haven't got into or dipped your toes into AI, ChatGPT specifically, you could probably start off with administrative tasks first. Correct. See how you go with that. And as you learn more, get more experience with it, start to dive into different parts of your business and try and leverage that technology. And use use data responsibly. Don't feed it like photos of your kids or addresses of your homes. Like seriously, like Mm-hmm. Be responsible about what you put in because what you put in can and will be used if you're not careful. Question to you, Rax, and more specifically to marketing because we know ChatGBT 4.5 can potentially take over everyone's job, but with marketing specifically, yep. when would a business owner look to use a marketing agency like yourself versus continue with ChatGBT or AI? You know, that's a question I get asked a lot, right? So... The real straightforward answer is when they want unique brand creativity, which is handcrafted, right? So for example, vector graphics, which is hand-drawn illustrations and things that make logos and stuff, you can use AI for it, Mm. but it is the wash. It is like everything else. At Mm. some point, you need to take it from AI and then you need to massage it into your brand. Either the business owner will do that, which they never have time to, and it looks like a piece of garbage. Right, they'll tell, oh, move the kerning from the eye to this, and it looks like garbage, bro. <laughs> we know you've done it. So it, it's the point of when, okay, they've seen some of the results that the, the automation of marketing can help with. Mm. Now they want strategy. They want us to do craft, which is make sure everything's custom and everything's uh, able to be scaled at a level, and also giving a complete hands-off approach. So as a marketing agency, one of the things we do is done for you. You don't have to worry about it. We're your marketing team. Yes, we may lever on some tools like AI, automation, this, that, the other. But our job as a marketing team is to deliver the outcomes for the customer. And so once the customer wants to let go of it and actually scale, that's when they come to us for an agency. Now, whether that's in paid or whether that's in dev or whether that's in creative, you know, that's up to them. Yeah. Mm. Good point. I mean, for now, we are differentiated when it comes to providing that unique selling port to that customer. I think the mm-hmm. key part about that is to look at it from where our value lies as human beings is in strategy. Sure. And tools can only do mechanical components of work, even though we might think that it's tra- strategic, it's actually tactical. We are the commanders of where that strategy needs to be executed and we leverage the tools and the processes to make these outcomes happen. 
mm. for our customers, our customers who may not know about ChatGPT, who may not know about Make, or who may not know about you know Google Colab. They don't know what they don't know. Mm. It's our job mm. to give them tools, processes, systems to drive the outcome, mm. or just get through, get it done. That's exactly all done or get yeah. it done for you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, good point. Good point. No, I think that's great. You mentioned that in the book as well. It's right. it's humans plus humans. AI. Yes, using that technology. That's right. You know, for for better outcomes. But Rax, you know, I wanted to ask about, you know, obviously AI changes really fast. What do you think we're going to see over the next six to twelve months in the future? That's so far ahead. Like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> too far. It's way too far. The changes are going to be so much more rapid than mm. six to twelve months. Six to twelve months is like an eternity in AI language. Mm. Literally, in uh, twelve months. I would see the zero code, like the no code, low code thing environment is transformed. I think agents, business agents is going to be huge. I think that businesses are going to have their sub learning models, which means that they're going to build their own GPTs around their businesses and mm -hmm. they're going to have their own yep. on-prem instances of some form of artificial intelligence servers on theirs. Because what I feel like is the server costs and the commoditization of the technology is going to come down as mm -hmm. brands expand. And what I feel like is going to happen is with this whole rush of what was called cloud compute, it's going to be the same thing for businesses. Businesses are going to find ways to orchestrate a lot of their different applications and solutions, leveraging AI from cybersecurity, IT, marketing, and they're going to start building their own tenancies, which means little software, little applications. Mm -hmm. Things like having an app will replace customer service agents. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, and then an app will not just mean this $100,000 investment, it could mean re quickly standing up an app by saying, hey, I want to stand up an app and it creates the app. Because yeah, it's mm -hmm. pretty expensive so right now. Yeah. But you're saying maybe in a few months we can... Well, it's there today. You can oh, right. create apps from wireframes now using AI. So it creates the functional code of it. So there, there's a lot of like advances that are going to happen in like back-end technologies and front-end technologies. And by that, I mean not design, I mean logically for business applications. And then I suppose the biggest one for small to medium business is access. I feel like there's going to be so many tools that there's going to be overwhelm in the small to medium community. And I feel like what's going to happen mm. is more consultants and the C words <laughs> are going to pop up, right? And more gurus yes. and coaches are going to pop up. But the true nature of a AI consultant or someone that understands automation is the understanding of the technology behind it. And then I feel like there's going to be sub changes to the law around how leg, how legislation, how data and sovereignty is going to be used within AI. So I feel like in the, that's going to be happening in the next six to eight months. Yeah. Right? So what the outlook for it is, is super optimistic. But as we're a backwards country, technologically speak, this is going to happen in the US, US, UK first, and then it's going to trickle down. Yeah, we'll see it in the news first mm. before it comes to us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Mm. All right. So that's all we have time for today. Rax, if any of our viewers wanted to get in contact with you about anything AI related or marketing related, how can they contact you? You can find me on my email address, rax at pounceagency.com.au, or you can find me on LinkedIn under rax or on Facebook. R-A-K-Z. R-A-K-Z, yeah, specifically. Yep. Roof rax, but without the X. Yes, <laughs> excellent. Yes, excellent. <laughs> and you can go onto Amazon.com.au yes. and search Make AI Make Happen. Make AI Happen. And buy a copy of the book. Buy, buy a copy of the book in the next couple of weeks. Mm. So at least you can have it's the blame. So you can have the primer. The book is still valid. Like, the book is still great. Like, if you're still 
learning. This is a good fun. This is a good springboard to get an understanding of where you can go. It's yeah. a starting point. It's a good starting. Excellent viewers. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with your network. Otherwise, if you had any questions, please email us at podcast at solvercounting.com.au. Until next time.